Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boys from For Those With Good Taste. I'm Matt. That's Lenny. You. And welcome back to the channel. Before we get into today's episode, we'd like to welcome a very special guest onto the show. You want to uh, introduce yourself? Hi, y'all. I'm D. Big dog. Big dog D'Angelo. Just, just D's fine. Okay. All right. I guess we won't go with a nickname. First names only today. Uh, <laughs> this is like an improv class. You don't say no. You kind of just go with it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. D uh, D is my nickname. We we don't have a lot of rules, but yeah. a longer nickname is a must. D yeah. is my nickname. Uh, we'll we'll get back to that. So we've got quite the episode today. So not only do we have a special guest, we have a great event that we're going to be covering today, and it really. For the casual fan, that's really why we bring D'Angelo into the equation. Help get some perspective on a very highly anticipated UFC 253 event where we have Israel Stylebender Adesanya. Do you feel like that's an insult calling you a casual fan? Uh, slightly. Yeah, it just it slightly. sounded like it. It sounded a like a real backhanded thing. That's why we bring the casual fan. Like, come on, bro. Well, I thought you brought a casual perspective. How many events would you say that you've caught in the last month? The last month, three. Sure. So, yeah, that's a bad question. That's a, yeah. Really? Been hitting me for the link. Cosign. There we go. So I'm okay with being wrong. I'm oftentimes wrong all the time on this show. So we won't uh, register you as a casual viewer. Appreciate You're it. more wrong than I am half the time, but we won't go there. Half the time, I'm wrong all the time. 100% <laughs> of the time, it works 50% of the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, D'Angelo, we got Israel Stylebender Adesanya versus Paulo Boracinha Costa. <laughs> Dude, you, good job. You have been, that's the best enunciation you've given on this. That's a good job. Oh, I've, I wow. came prepared. That's a good job. Uh, I, I, I am really ready for this fight. I wanted to make sure I got all the pronunciations correct. I'm blown away. We're coming in hot today. I'm impressed with myself, not yeah. going to lie. How do you feel about this fight? Um, As a casual fan, I'm really, really excited. Uh, Stylebender to me is the most electrifying, the most entertaining fighter that's out right now. Um, openly admit that I'm not someone who watches every fight, every weekend, all those things. But for me, definitely a big draw. I'm excited. Can't wait to watch. Do you, um, how have you felt watching? You've been watching more recently. And I actually said this last week that I thought it was interesting that if you weren't a big fan of MMA, coming into the pandemic, I think this is like the best time to have become a fan of MMA because of the fact that the events have just been so good one after the other. And I think last weekend's actually ended up being kind of a, a downer in some ways, the main event to me. Right. Um, in comparison to what we've been given the last couple yeah. of weeks, right? We've been kind of spoiled with some really good main events lately. But how, how have you felt about the, the atmosphere watching recently, and especially with other sports coming back since then? Um, For me, I, I think I'll be in the minority on this one. It's not that big of an issue for me. Like, Having the fans on TV versus any other sport or anything, it didn't really make a difference for me. I was just happy to actually have some sporting event back on the TV. Um, I do think it added, you know, for extra pressure or extra intensity for the actual athletes. But as a watcher, doesn't affect my watching experience too much. What, what about some of the uh, the other sports? So we've got football back now. Yep. Uh, how how are you taking? We, we've had basketball playoffs for quite some time. How have you mm-hmm. taken in? Those sports without fans. How's that working out for you? Um, big basketball fan. Huge basketball fan. Um, I think that Adam Silver is the most provocative, sort of like... Disgusting. Huh? That's it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said that. I said that's nasty. That might, yeah, that might be. Yeah. His, 
He's ahead progressive. of progressive. I, I call him progressive. That's the, that's the better word. He's yeah. progressive. He's progressive. very progressive. And I think that him taking the stance of adding pumping fake crowd noise in, as again, as a fan at home, it works for me. Same thing with the NFL. I know some some people are some teams are letting fans in, some aren't. Um, but pumping that fake crowd noise, it feels like just as well anybody in there. Anyway, you play with some camera angles. I don't know who's in there. I don't care. I am glad with MMA that they're not doing the fake crowd yeah. noise. They're the, they're the one sport that's kind of stayed away from it. Yeah. And I think it lends itself really well to their environment to do that. Yeah. Has it made it easier for you to understand the sport? Not that you didn't before, but like the, there's like technical aspects that when this fans and stuff... I think pull you out of those things, and you're really, really like going with the flow of that. Yeah, now you actually hear teams trainers. I mean, athletes trainers, and you you hear the people that are actually ringside talking. You hear them telling people how to move out, keep your guard up, things like that. So for me, I I think it's really cool. I think it's a, it's a good addition for sure. I I think especially on the ground, it's been great. And I think I have a fairly good grasp at this point of what's going on at all phases of the sport. But mm-hmm. even there, I find it more interesting being like a nerdy fan and being able to hear these coaches that you hear how great they are, but mm-hmm. even understand more of how they interact from the corner. I, I watch a barbaric sport to for it to be barbaric. I'm just keeping it real with you. If you get punched in the face, I want to hear you get punched in the face, bro. I want to hear it. If so. you get kicked in the head... I, I want to hear every aspect yeah. of it. Dude, yeah. even, it does make you appreciate when, like, oh, a stiff, like, head kick, even if it's, like, blocked on the guard, and you hear, like, the crack come yeah. off of it, or, like, a body shot, Ooh. like, the slap, <laughs> the slap of somebody's, like, shin on their stomach. That, I, I yeah. really start to appreciate leg kicks a, oh, a yeah. lot more. There, there yeah. was a body kick, and, and for the life of me, I can't remember who it was this past weekend, but there was a body kick that landed, and it kind of made my ear ring because I had the TV really loud. And I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. can imagine how that felt. Yeah, yeah. You Definitely know, not a good instance. I, uh, I was watching the NBA last night, and it was the Lakers game, right? And there was a point where uh, Dwight Howard blocked somebody, and he, like, gets, like, pumped up. And the, and the announcers happen to mention uh, in the environment now, and I think MMA is, is very similar to this, mm-hmm. that you have to manufacture mm-hmm. um, that energy. Right, sure. and and I and that's why MMA to me has been really interesting because there's those guys. There was a fight last weekend uh, in the corner. He went into the corner. He was like, "I can't. I'm just not here for it. Yeah. Like I can't get myself up." And they were like, "No, you can do it." He's been a coach for him for a long time. He's like, "No, you can do it. We've been here. You've got to just turn it on." Like after the first round, and it it was very like similar there between between the two sports that it's like there's nobody. No, the fans drive so much of the energy, and like a, a big a big dunk is gonna really like turn something around for a team and I think a team like the Celtics have really benefited from that lack of crowd energy and really I think it's even some playing fields for for a veteran MMA fighter I feel like it's going to make it a lot easier uh, to to stay level-headed and not get caught up in something well you've heard it on uh, I think I've heard it on first take I've, I've seen it on Sports Center. like people have talked about this being like the most incredible season of basketball like as far as like the playing the game of basketball like we've had some really interesting games we've had some really good comebacks to me when I look at an experience that we don't that we're not used to seeing without fans I just like being able to hear Carmelo Anthony say get the fuck up out of here every time he gets a rebound yeah, it's pretty awesome. Happens three times a game, and he knows he's one of those players that brings that energy all the time. So it is interesting that when you bring up, you know, if the crowd, you know, adrenaline rushes and there are the fighters actually showing up for it, and we've seen it in a couple of instances uh, with MMA. But it always brings me back to the Ultimate Fighter days, where we were able to get that inside scoop to 
what's behind a fighter's thought process. Is he sticking to a game plan? Is he listening to his coaches? And we really get to see that with some of the bigger fighters. I think it was uh, Donald Cerrone, Nico Price, where every time Donald's corner would shout something to him, Nico was like yelling over them and just getting really pumped up. And that, that guy's a psycho, but uh, shout out to Nico Price. It, it's, it's a really interesting experience. And I kind of feel like this event with Stylebender versus Costa, I kind of wish it had some fans. I don't know how you guys feel about that. You, you think that hurts Izzy? Not that I think it hurts Izzy. Izzy's a guy who he, he said in the middle of an octagon that he's ready to die in here. I think he's, he's going to be ready to show up any, any day. But I do think that it, it, this is going to be a fight where if it is everything that it's, it's stocked up to be, where there's going to be a lot of back and forth, man, it would be great to really see the fans appreciate those fights. And I think that's what we've kind of missed out on from, not necessarily missed out on, but the, all these great main events that we've gotten over the last couple of weeks. There's just one missing element. It's a great fight. It has everything that we thought it would, but it's just missing that 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 explosiveness of the fans. But I, I guess I'm okay with not having them. But I think this fight, I kind of wish it would. I'm I'm on the flip side of that, buddy. I, yeah. I share. I think it hurts Izzy by not having fans more than ever hurt Costa. Um, just from the showman that Izzy is, just off off of how he feeds off the crowd's energy. For me, people either how I see it, and I completely could be wrong, but. Uh, I think people either love to hate Izzy or people love love Izzy. So when he's going in there, he's in that octagon, he's feeding off that crowd energy, he's feeding off that, not to take anything away from his uh, from his fighting style or his performance at all, but I think that not having fans is it's a little bit of a chink. I, I don't necessarily agree either way. I, I think Izzy's got significantly more fights, right? So to me, he's not going to have an issue showing up on the day. I, I, I don't really think he'll have a problem with that. His issue is more so going to be fights to his opponent. Um, and, and his style is going to be a little bit more dictated on what kind of Costa shows up. And we'll get into that. But as far as this specific thing, it's interesting to me with um, Paulo Costa. I mean, he, he's a relatively young fighter. He's only 13-0. and 0. Um, He had some fights on the Ultimate Fighter as well. So maybe he's, what, 17-0? and 0 or, or like, Well, no, he lost on the Ultimate Fighter. Lost on the Ultimate Fighter. Lost on the Ultimate Fighter uh, to the decision. Luckily, those are exhibitions. Yeah, so he, he's undefeated in his actual professional career, but he doesn't have a ton of fights, whereas Adesanya has been kickboxing long before he was ever an MMA fighter, and now he's had championship experience. So uh, I think it could affect Costa a little bit more, but I, I don't see it playing a huge, huge issue. So let's set up the, the background for this big main event. Both of these guys are completely at the top of their game. Both of them are undefeated. Adesanya's 19-0, coming off of big wins over Yoel Romero, Robert Whitaker, Kelvin Gastelum, and the always crowd favorite, Anderson Silva. Oh, gee. When we look at that resume and we compare it to Paulo Costa, who's coming in here at 13-0, common opponent in Yoel Romero wins, wins via unanimous decision. Then we've got Uriah Hall, Johnny Hendricks, and Oluwale Bambose. Yeah, I worked on that one as well. Yep, your boy's coming in hot. You researched. We're finally showing off a little research in this room. (laughs) How to pronounce Oluwale. Bambose. There's a G in there, so you got to be sly. I hear you. Uh, But the resume, although they have a common opponent, I see two opponents here, Uriah Hall and Johnny Hendricks, uh, that Paulo Costa fought them at a much, let's not say later time in their career, but he's fighting them. I mean, Uriah Hall. I don't think you're right on Uriah Hall, man. Johnny Hendricks, he was his last Johnny Hendricks was on the last shore. Um, 
Uriah Hall, I I have to say, is still in his not his prime or anything, but he's still a capable fighter. We'll say capable. Okay. I don't want to disrespect him, but Uriah Hall has always been one of those. He shows you're, up sometimes. You're, one, you're wondering who's showing up. That that's fair, but I don't think it's fair to say you like you made it sound like he's an older fighter. I just like he he's still in his like early to mid thirties. Um, I I, th- I believe I could be wrong. I guess I'm I'm um, speaking about it in the way of where their careers are. That, I would definitely say he's at the twilight of his career. Would you see him fighting for a title anytime soon? I don't think he's necessarily going to fight for a title, but that that does not mean they're always. He might just not be skilled enough to fight for a title. Uh, and that's because he can't show up every single time he goes out there. Okay. Uh, I think that's a fight that is tailor-made to Paulo Costa because of the fact that Uriah Hall is a good hammer, but he can also is okay with sometimes being the nail. Very nice reference. Thanks, dude. Mm. How do you feel about that, Dave? Uh, the reference? It's pretty profound. Not necessarily the reference. <laughs> uh, as being the, the, the caliber fan that you are, when you look at both of these guys' records... Uh, how familiar are you with Paulo Costa? Uh, not very familiar in his uh, more in his former fights in the last two. Um, I saw the highlights for Uriah Hall, and uh, I did watch versus Romero. Your, your Romero was a hell of a fight. It's yeah. a great fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how close I met. I watched that actually again today in preparation for this, and I, I that fight's really good. But Paulo Costa didn't win. So I was just about to ask you, did you who did you feel won that fight? And I guess I have my answer there. I, I it's okay that Costa got the decision, but to me it was a, a Yoel Romero victory, and he's another one. It felt like that's where I think I took some um, issue with the Uriah Hall jab because I think Yoel Romero is kind of the same guy at times, uh, where he he's a step above in terms of talent. Sure. But he doesn't necessarily always show up. And I think the Adesanya fight right after the Costa fight is a good indicator of that. Because that was a very, very boring fight. <laughs> I'm not really prone to seeing your... Your Romero is known for being explosive. Yeah. He's known for being extremely athletic. Everybody talks about it. Right on. If you watch his fights, he's only really active for about a minute of every round. Until the later rounds. Until the later rounds where he feels like he's behind. With the Costa fight being a very big exception to this rule. And I feel like that was because Paulo Costa at times was coming forward and getting him out of his comfort zone. Because right after that, Yoel Romero goes up against Israel Adesanya and says that Israel's running away. Where in all actuality, Yoel just didn't really do enough to engage the fight. Well, who's that on at some point, though? Because it is Adesanya's job to give the fans a show, right? And if your opponent is not going to be willing to show up, you as the champion, I do think, hold some liability here, or uh, culpability maybe? Culpability, um, sure. To dictate that fight a little bit more, and what you had was two guys that were looking in a mirror a lot of the time to me. Sure. D, you had a a surprise reaction there. Uh, I, I feel a little bit differently. Um, as a champion, I'm the champion for a reason, and you're coming to take it from you're me. coming to take it from me. Sure. If we're in a fight, you know, via my man Floyd Mayweather, the plan is to hit you and not get hit. So I don't give a shit what you do. No. If you want to be boring in there, that's on you. I'm. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's not. It's not up to me to give the fans a show in in some capacity. Sure, but 
in the other capacity, I want to walk out here healthy, and I want to walk out here. Well, I want to walk out here a champion. I want to walk out here healthy. Well, so you, I think you're 100 percent right in that it was a very Floyd Mayweather-esque performance. Um, I heard the stat today that in Costa's fight versus Romero, uh, he absorbed a hundred and I think it was like 40 something significant strikes to win that fight over three rounds. Adesanya took 30 significant strikes or like 28 over five. Uh, so I do agree in the sense that he came out of there unscathed and good for him. But I also feel that when you're on the upward trajectory that he is on, a guy like John Jones that he frequently would call out in his point in his career that Adesanya's at was getting shit done. Fair. You know, and maybe he was winning by um, decision, but those were dominant, like... Different strokes for different folks, though. Sure. If we look That's at fine. his last five, there's two decisions. There's the Anderson Silva fight, and there's the Yoel Romero fight. There's also the Gastelum. Oh, I'm sorry, the Kelvin Gastelum. I felt like he finished Gastelum. No, that was the fight Okay, the so if you look at the two performances that Adesanya's coming off of, going into that Yoel Romero fight... He put it all out on the line. Yeah, that that Gastelum fight, if I'm not mistaken, should have won fight of the year if it didn't. It did, it did. Uh, then he goes into that Robert Whitaker fight, eats a couple of really big punches, and comes back and finishes him. Yes, There's okay. the, the constant video of, oh, I didn't, I thought I didn't have power. Fantastic. Then did he goes you, into that he, Romero fight. As far as the power thing, did you know he's only across like his kickboxing career and now I think it's like he's finished under 30% of his fights. He's not a big finisher. Yeah. He's not a big finisher and he wasn't a big finisher early on in the UFC. I mean, he beat guys like Brad Tavares uh, by, you know, outstanding fashion, but he was never known as being this this guy who has huge knockout power. If he yeah. was going to put you down, he's, he's doing it with consistent precision, shots. Right? Yeah. Precision. Uh, and he needs... The reason this fight, I guess, is interesting is stylistically, right? Because mm-hmm. to, to me... If, Ad- if Costa and Adesanya fight the way that we've seen them fight throughout their careers, in the UFC at least, Costa's going to push forward and try to get him against the cage. And the thing is, outside of Uriah Hall, I don't think he's fought anybody with good actual footwork for MMA. Yoel Romero has great trunk movement for MMA. Um, like, beautiful trunk movement. Really good MMA. trunk movement? Um, some of the best trunk movement... I've ever seen in MMA. Yo, fam. <laughs> Someone's uncomfortable with the word trunk. Yeah, let's... let's I don't really uh, want to well, talk about Well, Yoel Romero's trunk. trunk movement aside... It, it, it was a lot of it. He had a lot of trunk <laughs> It's It's a difference maker. Yeah, his and trunk? I, I, do, I do think that it stifled Israel in a sense. The trunk movement? When you've got a trunk moving like that in front of you, <laughs> it gets... A little bit difficult to stick to your game plan, but I think to Dee's point, he had the game plan of, I'm going to come away with this win. This is a very cool. aggressive and powerful fighter. Let me see if I can get through this. We were, I was mentioning Costa in reference to this, right? So Adesanya has fantastic foot move, like footwork, right? He's gonna, he's not just going to get to the cage and then roll with punches like we saw Yoel Romero being very willing to do in that Adesanya fight. Uh, so... I think when he goes to get him to the cage, he's going to have some issues. And I heard Bull in the Matador, I believe Adesanya said something like that. And that's what I probably see him thinking it's going to be a lot like. So, me leaning on you guys, would you say that, from everything you just said, piggybacking off of that, would you say that Izzy is the more technically sound fighter? Absolutely. Without 100%. 100%. Not to say, like, Costa has really good striking. For sure. Um, he he works the body well. He, he throws a lot of strikes. But... The thing that they pointed out with the Yoel Romero fight 
is the reason he wasn't having a lot of success is because Romero knew it was, knew it was going to be left, right, left, right. Like there was no, never going to be a change in that rhythm. And so he knew you, where it was coming from. Yeah. So they, so, it's always coming from down low. So he was able to just parry both sides in rhythm like you would if you were training, right? He's just parrying in rhythm and not really eating any of those shots. And when you're uh, the stamina level that Costa has, it's really impressive for the size that he's at. But at some point that's going to wear on you when some guy's coming back and still hitting you and yeah. you're not really putting him down the way that you think you should. Yeah. And not a lot of occasions where Yoel Romero is the smaller guy in a fight. Yeah. Boricini is huge. Yes. The, the, guy's, is, the guy's got some muscles. That's going to be a factor here. I mean, I mean, the size difference is quite big. I mean, Adesanya has shown that he can take a punch, but he got rocked by um, Gastelum. True. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, true, true. That's going to be the most um, similar fight, I think, of all the ones that have happened. Is Gastelum Izzy to Costa Izzy? I, I, that's a great kind of parallel to make because if I look at Costa's striking, he is a good striker. He's focusing on power, and it's always either coming from the hips, but you know where it's going to go. It's either going to go that one-two route if he ends up going to the body. Adesanya brings a completely different arsenal. And I think that Calvin Gastelum always had the benefit of being able to rely on his wrestling, so to speak. Even though there wasn't a ton of wrestling in that fight, there was some grappling exchanges where he was able to come away with uppercuts and hooks. Costa, I don't know if he's going to want to engage in the clinch so much. Uh, In a lot of the shots that he landed against Yoel Romero, there's the the gif of Yoel Romero parrying shots and then he takes that head kick because he leans in the wrong way. Those were big power shots. And if Izzy gets caught with one, yes, it's going to be a problem. But he's he's shown that he's got the footwork and the head movement, the trunk movement, to not get caught in that type of battle. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I, so I would definitely agree. I think the comparison with Calvin Gastelum comes from the fact that they are both uh, primarily boxers, right? They both fight in... The difference being Kelvin's more willing to fight in the middle of the cage versus uh, Paulo wants to put you right Cal- up on Calvin's the cage. also not throwing a ton of power shots. He, he's, uh, he's throwing power, but they, he's mixing it with... Fight. He's mixing... A, the one-two combinations that he was landing in that fight... He, he puts him down with a beautiful left, left hook in the first round. That's not... If it was actually like... He, he was an arm punch. It wasn't... Sure. No power. Hip and puts him down. Right. So I, I think... And they, they and I just... I watched the fight today yeah. also. So that's where I remember the commentary specifically Rogan saying like after that one, like the power on that punch. So yeah. I think he has pop. He's knocked out some some guys along the way. Bisbing, sure. Tim Kennedy. They were later in their career, but knocked him out. Um I don't want you to mistake what I'm saying. It's not that he's not, he's not always throwing big shots to finish a fight. He's more sure. volume and power, and the difference for me there is that cost us a lot of power. He's a ton of volume, too, though. Sure. I mean, he's an avalanche for the first <laughs> two two rounds. He's going to come at you. The, the, it's going to China stop. Bull in the China shops now. I think that it, it's... It's what strategy Costa shows up with. Is he willing to fight back a little bit? Because if he comes out a million miles an hour in the first round, Izzy's going to diagnose every single thing that he's doing. And I think by the third round, it's going to be over. Not like finished-wise, but I think he'll just start running away with the fight. Okay. Um, so where, is are you locking I'm sorry. Go ahead. Whereas for Costa, if he plays back a little and does maybe come out with a different strategy that could play to his, his benefit a little bit, other than that, his cardio is the only thing that's going to come into play here. Can he get it done? He's not, you know that last fight was the first time he's gone past seven minutes in a fight? 
Which is pretty insane. Interesting. He's never even been booked for a five-round fight. Interesting. That's, that, that plays a factor. That that's huge. That's huge. Right? So to that's me, huge. that's the biggest thing is inexperience. And we, we've looked at fights recently. It, um, Alistair Overeem, Michelle Watterson, these people who have been around the game for a long time in their best rounds are rounds three through five, right? Yeah. Uh, this guy's never – he the first time going to round three outside of the fight he lost in the Ultimate Fighter – was the Yoel Romero fight. In a fight that we would say he probably lost because he couldn't keep up in the third round. Yeah. If that happens in this fight, which this is, if you want my pick, this is what I assume is going to happen, is he cannot keep that cardio up, and he probably looks good and there's some exciting flurries for the first couple rounds, but Izzy does know how to roll with punches. Sure. He might get rocked a little bit, but he, he's been in there for a long time, and I just think he's seen everything that cost that can bring at him unless he does something different so I, I don't think he's smart enough or he might be too egocentric because guys that typically are buffed up like that whatever steroided up like that are going to have an ego about them right a bold accusation my friend sure he's I mean Adesanya said he was going to pop him before you saw it so <laughs> um, yeah so that's my pick Adesanya uh, either late finish or decision uh, I, I, we don't have the odds for the over/under, but I'd assume I'm taking the over. Okay. Me? Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm short and sweet. Izzy all the way by decision. Late, I don't, later I don't out. think we saw that. Yeah, I mean, going any differently? I predictable. Yeah, I'm a fan. I just stylistically, technically, I just don't think Costa can can hang, bro. How do you think it's gonna end? I got it by decision. You got it by decision? Yeah, I don't, I don't think Izzy knocks him out. Okay. No. Can I hedge? No. no. All right, I won't hedge. No. I, I think I've gone against you these last couple of weeks in picking the veterans because I always felt like at some point they've got to get to the other side of the hill. And I do think that that's way too soon in the case of Israel Adesanya. I do think that this is his division. I think it's going to be his division for quite some time. I do think this is going to be a very difficult fight for him. And if he can weather that early first, second round storm, he'll come away with a win. But getting through that first and second round, it's going to be hell. It ain't cake. It is going to be hell. I think it's probably going to be one of the biggest tests that he's faced. It's definitely one of the biggest guys that he's faced. It gets interesting, but I got out of Sonya. I got him taking it in the fourth if I can pick around. I think he'll if he does Finish. end up winning it. I think he the volume just simply takes over Paulo and Paulo's just not able to knock it. You got to finish. So I'm taking Israel out of Sanya. Yeah. Mm. So we have a clean sweep for Israel. Um, everybody, make sure to check out the fights. Uh, keep an eye out. Give us your picks. All that good shit. Uh, like, comment, subscribe down below. Right, Matt. Or up above. Maybe we'll put something there or here. Oh, maybe put it'll it over be there. over in D'Angelo, right in the middle. Put it right in the front. Big Dog D, right over him. Well, make sure to check out the event, guys. Come back here. Check us out next time. We'll be seeing you guys soon. Yep. We out. Later.